0: No more clickbait, no more sound bites, and no more videos that are over before you blink No more being told to click this or to share that because some people think you can't think Choose a new way of doing things Choose real people Choose real stories Choose The Real Talks Podcast An All-Ireland winning captain with Tipperary in 2016, Brendan Marr is one of the most recognised and respected hurlers in the modern game. A medal haul that includes two All-Irelands and five Munster titles at senior level, as well as 121 and two All-Ireland minor titles. It's safe to say that at this stage Brendan has been there and worn the jersey. Despite all of that success, Brendan remains one of the most charismatic and down-to-earth GA players I have ever come across. A common complaint I've often heard in recent times is that Gaelic games are no longer producing interesting personalities. But, as I hope you will hear over the course of the next hour, this Tipperary warrior is an intriguing character with a fascinating outlook on life, sport, leadership and communication. This podcast is brought to you thanks to the support of Kelly Bradshaw Dalton, who for over 20 years have been successfully selling, renting and managing property in the Greater Dublin area. You can check out their website at kbd.ie, that's kbd.ie, for all your property needs. My name is Alan O'Mara, and you are listening to the second ever episode of the Real Talks podcast. GAA President Ergona Faril making the presentation. Liam McCarthy goes to the tip captain, Brendan Marr. Tipperary are back. They're back once again as champions under Michael Ryan. Cue the celebrations. They're champions for the 27th time ever. Rightful All-Ireland champions for 2016. What a day for them.
1: McCarthy the <laughs> We waited six long years, but now we're back!
0: Listen, I was doing my research last night or, you know, over the last couple of days, just checking about sort of the angles that I knew I was going to want to talk to you about. And first and foremost, I think I should clarify that I found no dirt on you. You'd be glad to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm clean. <laughs> <laughs> you Nothing know, come up on the Google search anyway. But, um, <laughs> Thank <I> God. Think, <laughs> <laughs> where I was going to start, Brendan, and I think it was just the obvious one that just jumped out off the page for me a lot was the year 2010. Yeah. When I was, read, was reading through notes and in different interviews and different reports. But that particular week that you had in September, I say, is as close to as close to living the dream as most kids would ever imagine when they were younger. Because it's a number of years on; now. we're we're almost seven years on from that now. When you reflect back on that time, and particularly
1: that week, what comes to mind, or, or how do you feel about that spell now? Um, like it seems like a long time ago now, and it is. Look, I mean, it's six and a half years ago. Um, it was it was an unbelievable year, and even for myself personally, it was a great year. Um, like I performed really well the whole way throughout the year and it was probably my first it was my first year as a regular starter with the senior team as well so really important that I wanted to stake a claim and Mm -hmm. there was a lot of things going on and like the thing that jumps out with me I suppose if I was to think back is like I was just completely free that year and uh, like I mean just I was performing with absolutely no fear it was my only my second year on the panel um, there was a number of us in the same situation so we felt like we kind of had each other so I didn't feel as if I was on my own as a new starter on the yeah. team there was a number of us that kind of did it we kind of had that transition at the same time and who were the guys um, that came
0: through through with you at like, that period
1: yeah myself Porick, Noel Michael Call and Bonner were the 5 under 21s that year not a bad crop of lads yeah like <laughs> we had a strong minor team Like mm-hmm. and that group kind of stuck together you could throw in likes of Shami Canlan and Grode Ryan Um, Seamus Hennessy These guys It was a group of us That kind of joined the panel All at once Pa, Thomas Dale. Okay I think it was like 10 of us And so We very much felt like a group Mm -hmm. Joining another group So um, That was really important And it's probably only now That I realise how important that was That we had each other Um, But really enjoyed that year Like a lot of You know I suppose I didn't really Realise the pressure That was on us You know We were kind of just We were after playing After coming off the back Of winning two minors contested in All-Ireland would say under 21 just out of minor and then we were into the senior team so we were just kind of used I suppose to being sure. in those situations um, obviously it escalated an awful lot when you're playing the senior All-Ireland but um, we had the experience in 2009 then um, playing against Kilkenny and you know running them close mm-hmm. and um, I guess a well documented game and you know 2010 then it just seemed to we, look it wasn't all straightforward we got beaten by 10 pints by Cork down in Porky Creeve. that was an unbelievable learning experience for us as well, and that's forgotten about now by yeah in the history books for most part. Exactly, you know, and um, like we just, I, I, I just really, in, I can remember that year just being so at ease and just like really free and just kind of, you know, I always refer to that flow state, sure. and you're always trying to get that flow state, um, and I definitely had it that year, you know, and that week then just really was the, that was the pinnacle to win the Senior All Ireland on the Sunday. And I remember doing a pool session on the Monday then with, with all the 21s that were involved in the senior panel. Um, probably had a, like a fair hangover. <laughs> but uh, got the pool session done and back to train. And, and just that Saturday night, I'll never forget, there was over 20,000 in, in Semba Stadium. And Galway, we played Galway in the, that final. And um, I think we had an amazing start. We three goals scored after 10 minutes or Yeah, you completely blitzed them, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it was a blitz. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't a fair reflection on the two teams and... Do you know, I, I somewhat nearly felt sorry for the Galway team at the time because we were just on such a roll and we just got such a good start. It wasn't a fair reflection on on the two teams at the time. Um, but, I mean, yeah, talk about a week. Like, within six days, having the two experiences was just unreal.
0: Yeah, to win, you know, to win a senior All-Ireland and, and follow it up with the Under-21 All-Ireland within, within those couple of days must have just been an incredible experience. And I think you touched upon it there. The, the Under-21 final was, was almost probably just you're writing out the wave as such. Um, but just curious from your own perspective, when you say because the word "free" you said two or three times, and you touched upon, why do you think that was? You felt so, that so much that year was it? Was it the sort of? It was it the naivety of youth? Was it just that it was a new experience? I,
1: I'd probably say we didn't realise how much. Um, if to us we were just playing, and we didn't actually realise how much it meant to everyone, how how big hurling was in Tipperary, even like we were aware. You know, we were after coming off playing minor and under twenty one but like senior is a whole new level. And it's a different ballgame. You know, it was just, we didn't feel the pressure really. We like, we probably put pressure on ourselves. We were, we had high expectancy levels of ourselves from being involved with the successful teams underage. (laughs) And we kind of just let that kind of come along. And we probably just, there was a a kind of, there was a no fear attitude among the group because there was no expectation there. And what followed then, I suppose, was the expectation. And we weren't used to dealing with that. And, you know, there was a lot of change. There was change in management, change in players. And there was just a lot of uh, uncertainty among the group. And, you know, the period that followed then was probably when we learned the most about ourselves and the most about each other. And, like, I'd like to think that the last few years then we've put that to good use. You know, we had a massive transition um, in terms of playing personnel, mm-hmm. managements, and just that natural development and evolution of of the of people then as well like you know physically emotionally there was a lot going on naturally Um and obviously lads had things going off the, going on off the pitch as well I'm with sure, college yeah. and trying to get jobs and there's a lot that goes on that people aren't aware of I suppose and even as players we probably not are aware of it enough and mm-hmm. um, that whole self-awareness of the importance of your off the pitch career um, I've spoken about this before about being in a bubble I found I was in a bubble um from 2010 for a few years there where it's almost like work is just work it's you only do it just as a means to to get a few quid and you're just focused completely on sport and on that that inter-county hurling and you know you don't um i i would like to i would love to see people putting as much effort into their off off pitch career as they do because it is possible Mm -hmm. to balance it but I, th- I definitely think there's an imbalance among a lot of players, myself included, as as uh, going through my mid twenties, yeah. where I was just in that bubble, didn't think enough about my career off the pitch, was happy with what I was doing, um, but didn't actually get the best out of myself in that time, um, just like focused so much on sport that I neglected other things.
0: To go into 2010 as you guys did, and like I have, I have a bit of confession that the 2010 All Ireland final was the first All Ireland final I was ever at. Yeah. Yeah I was working in Crow Park at the time I was in the communication department and so I'd been working there all summer It was building up so this was the first final and I was just like I'd be just completely and utterly like blown away by it I was like holy shit like like, just the physicality of it the intensity just everything about the day and just I could just feel everything and you probably I I, doubt I said this to you before I don't think you know but I was actually in your dressing room after the game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, someone looking at me going, "Who's this little creep sneaking into the door?" But uh, no, it was my job to actually go in and get, I, I to get, to get one or two of the lads out to do the media interviews. Um, and when I walked in through that door, I have to put my hand in my heart. To this day, I've never seen an actual emotional change room like it. I yeah. And I mean that honestly. It was yeah. just there was someone playing music in the corner. Yeah. There was lads dancing on benches. Um, yeah. and I actually like but as a player and just as the person that was working there I actually felt bad for having to ask someone to leave that space because yeah. yeah. it was just to be there on that day to feel that and for the snowball I, I think you touched upon it there then trying to move on from that and it obviously it, it obviously did bring difficulties both yeah. for individual players as, as young lads trying to you know because there's football and there's real life and they're not always the same thing like yeah. if I'm looking at it from even your perspective when I'm thinking so obviously minor, t- minor title in 06 mm-hmm. you get captain the, the minors to all in title in 07 yeah. and then it sort of that snowballs and he you said you own a 21 all final in final in 2008 against the yeah. 10 yeah. is it I was going to 2010 like without being smart there must be a little a
1: little voice in the back of some of lad's head going this is actually easy lads like we're fl- like, do you know yeah. there, uh, there probably like, was that yeah and like the one thing that Liam Sheedy always, and what we were, you know, we had Liam in 2006 uh, mm. as minors, So yes. we were very comfortable with him. So that was a huge thing for us, us as well. We weren't coming into a new manager as such. We arrived into the panel to Liam, who we knew. Yeah, you knew what you were getting. I had played for under two years of him, yeah. minor, in 05 and 06. And he just encouraged us. He had put, placed so much trust in us. He just encouraged us to be ourselves and express yourself. Yeah. And I think that's what you saw in the dressing room was just lads, like absolutely not caring. Like, you know, like there's that perception of, you know, you have to be this way, you have to be that sure. way. Everyone was themselves and everyone expressed themselves. And that was our group. And I suppose with the wind then what happened was there's always, there's this pressure mm-hmm. of you have to do this, you know, you have to be a certain way and you have to be this and you have to be that. Yeah. And I think we lost our identity a little mm-hmm. bit. And there was a a big change, obviously, then was the change in management. That was a shock to us all. Nobody saw it coming. Okay. And we suffered um, to get over that because, you know, we had been so successful, especially us mm-hmm. that had been with, with Liam at mine. Yeah, there was, a lot, there was a lot of history there. A lot of history yeah. there, yeah. And um, it was just a massive change. And what happened then was that you had so much change in management and you had change in personnel then as well and players that... There was almost like an element that culture just changed to like some lads started trying too hard, mm-hmm. other lads kind of maybe gave up a little bit, saying like you know like it's not as good as it was, like or it's, it's different and ex- didn't accept the change, yeah. and like it was a different, it was a different setup, like and it, it it depends on what way you you take it, like so um we just had a bit of fighting with each other, like as in not actually fighting with each other, but fighting with the change yeah. that happened. and we weird. are. And, exactly. And, and. Like, well, where do we actually want to go? And okay. What do we want to do? Look, we got to an All-Ireland again in 2011. Mm-hmm. We had a, like a quite a steady year, but we didn't, didn't get to the performance levels. Like we had a great performance in Munster final um, against Waterford. We blitzed Waterford below in Cork. But then when it came to the really high pressure situation, we didn't have that identity and that, that unity that we had the year before. And it showed in the in the All Ireland. We were beaten by four points against Kilkenny. and that snowballed on. The following year, we just never we were never able to grab that unity back and that okay. that kind of carefree attitude and carefree culture, where let's go out, be the best that you can be, and just express yourself. And there was a lot of pressure from the Tipperary public, and mm-hmm. um, we felt that majorly. And we were like, I remember one of the lads like saying. I've just realized I've played the last three or four years with fear right. and that is not a nice place to be and being aware of that, that's when we started to change. We became aware of actually how we were acting and the way we were. We weren't being ourselves. We were trying to be something that we weren't, um, we weren't expressing ourselves. We weren't being the players that we knew we could be and and we, we, you know, we slowly tried to build that back up again and obviously there was a lot of retirements um, a lot of change and, you know, we, look, we've said reasonably competitive. There is a lot of regrets that we haven't won as much as, as we would have liked to. Yeah. But in saying that, um, overall, I mean, when you look at, like, I'm lucky enough, I think, in the medals that I've won um, since I joined the panel in 2009. I have five monster medals, two All-Ireland's. Mm. You know, it's not a bad return. There is regret that you could have had but more. I think there um, always will be. Like, yeah, no matter what but, you have, you'll always say about this one or that yeah, one. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I think what we did was we just accepted, accepted who we were, what we've achieved or what we haven't achieved. Now, what can we do now? And let's just create us, you know. And, yeah. and we just, we have a clear identity of what we want to be now, um, our style of play, what we want to be known as, what we want to be remembered as that's just really dear for for us and for the group Um, so that's what we're working for
0: I might come back to 2016 a little bit later on out of curiosity I'm thinking yourself as a young man coming up been involved in all those teams that are winning like even as you're talking there like your passion and your love for hurling just oozes out of you like it screams off you but I suppose in terms of your own identity and your own personal self was was hurling? Well, is it still all-consuming or was, was it, was it all-consuming back then? I suppose it's the first question. And the second question is, is it still all-consuming for you?
1: Um, look, yeah, Hurling has been a massive part of me since I was young. You know, Since <laughs> I come from you know, what you'd call that Hurling family, you know, yeah. that kind of way people say, oh, you know, I, I'm the youngest of four boys, three lads ahead of me all played um, with tip at some level. Um, most recent was Martin. my brother Martin played cornerback 2003, to retire with injury 2006 okay um i presume he's he's also played in the back garden as well did he oh sure (laughs) look that was where it all started and where it all finished hopefully yeah um but like i mean yeah it definitely it's it's been a huge part of my life and it's it has been my identity i suppose Mm. definitely to the to the public like um more locally i mean people would know me i'd like to think would know me and know the person rather than the the hurler and that is something that I try and place an awful like emphasis on that I don't want to be known as just a hurler I want to be known as a a genuine person and someone who has maybe you know contributed to the community uh, in some way like that's you know I don't want to be that guy who was just an inter-county hurler and didn't care about where he came from or didn't care about his community like it it, so and that's the way I want to be remembered and um, but definitely, like there was a, there is, a, there was a period where you know I was in that bubble, um, and you're just concentrating so much on hurling and trying to get hurling right that you neglect, you neglect friendships, um, relationships, even with family members. You don't get to do all those family occasions. You miss, and a lot of it still has to happen. But it's about making the effort to make sure that you find time for for family and for friends and yeah, um, for relationships. I think that's so important. And that's something that I have tried to do in the last couple of years. Um, it's just to, you know, to spend more time with my family and to just, you know, it's it put things into perspective, I suppose, that sport is sport. And uh, I've just found that I've, I'm have i a lot more content and I'm actually enjoying the sport a lot more then, you know. So you, you seem as if
0: you're at a, a slightly more mature stage of life and, you, and you've recognised a few different things. I suppose what that... I'm looking for a bit of insight into what that balanced lifestyle is now with, yeah. it, with, with that bit of wisdom that you've picked up over the last couple of years and if it's a day-to-day thing or a week-to-week what do you do to find that balance to, to make sure you you keep the weighing scale and, in, in kilter
1: I'm not afraid now I'm not afraid to to go somewhere or do something that maybe in my head before I would have thought like that's wrong it's going to affect your performance you know this kind oh, of what do you mean by for that for like, example like like something as simple as having a glass of wine with yeah. dinner at a family occasion or something. Yeah, that so stuff is small. mad that like, you're like it in your head, isn't it? Like, yeah, mad, you, like, like you get in, you get into this mode where you think like if you don't drink three wa- liters of water every day, that you know you're going to become a bad hurler or you're going to become a bad performer. And like, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you, a lot of boxes you need to take to perform and oh, that you're up to right? But I think that the balance of like, I suppose the easiest way to explain is that I put more effort into my rest and recovery and energy management than I have ever had. Whereas I was always really good to train, really good to give 100%, like always committed. Go hard or go home. John. Yeah, like, but almost like I was, I was one of those lads who tried too hard yeah. and was putting too much in, like, and doing extra sessions and just training too hard in general. Whereas now I, I'm aware of when I need to rest and, like, I would pick out days where... Do you know, like, just for example, like, with my girlfriend where we're both um off on a Friday. Um, So we make sure that we keep Friday free, that okay. we can do something together. Yeah. And um, instead of me saying, oh, I might go to the alley and do a session or, yeah. do you know, like, yeah. uh, um just little things like that or going, do you know, if there's something on where it's a family dinner or something, like, before I would have, like, went and... Like no, I'm not going to have a dessert. Or I'm not going to have that. But now I'm not afraid to like say, well, no, look, I'm I'm going to have a treat, or I'm going to just relax a little bit for an yeah. hour. And look, I'll I'll train hard next week. And I you know, and I just feel like I have a good balance now. There is there, you're, there there has to be a balance where there is a line you can cross where you can get too lackadaisical and your performance does suffer. Um, so that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to find a balance of how can I get the best out of myself on the pitch but also get the best off, best out of myself off the pitch. And I wasn't aware of that. And that has been life-changing for me to, over the last couple of years, actually realise, like, you know, it, it was probably um, the biggest, biggest point for me was after the, the All-Ireland last year, where you have the whole elation of, of winning and being captain was such a proud moment for me, going back to the hometown and all that. And then a few days later, you're back to work, the season is finished you have the club and it's brilliant and then you just start thinking and then we got knocked out of the club and then I started like I was like right I've worked hurling is finished nothing until January know. and I started kind of thinking then well what's a, is this what it's going to be like when I retire yeah. and when I stop playing and am I actually getting the most out of the rest of my life <laughs> to, to actually meet the needs like and satisfy me as a person and that was when I kind of started saying, like, you know, look, maybe you need to look at something else. Like, and there is other things that I want to, uh, I want to try and I want to explore, and and that's what I am doing now. You mentioned, I suppose, the work
0: aspect that as well, because um, I think sometimes when you, if you hear John, you, know, you, you you tune into odd conversations here, and people just say how oh, the GA it has gone so professional, and you know, it's like it's, it's close professional as it'll, it'll ever be. But it, I think you touched upon an nicely there, and that like a couple of days after the find, like you are back to work. Yeah. Um and it's always I always just like I think it's important just to take a minute to sort of actually put that out there that people don't forget and don't get lost in this whole bubble around the quality of the games and the fitness and the physicality. But like people still have to go to work. And what 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 is your what is your work situation at the moment? That obviously adds into the balance and it's something that you've got to try and maintain too. What what is that at the moment? Well
1: I'm I'm teaching, um I'm a primary school teacher, but I'm teaching in an autistic unit um at the moment. But Talking about it, I suppose um, it's it's becoming known now, and yet, um, that I'm actually taking a career break and I want to do some study. Okay. Um, I'm really interested in um, in psychology and psychology of performance and getting the best out of individuals. Um, I suppose it's the teacher in me combined with my passion for sure. performing. Um, so I'm uh, I'm looking at uh, doing some some study now uh, going forward. So uh, it's a really exciting time. And if there's one regret or one negative to it is that I, I wish it would have happened maybe six or seven years ago yeah. Um. but in saying that really have I, I really enjoy teaching um, but this is just something that I want to I want to explore and I want to find out more more about um, so so that's where I'm at and was, was that a thought that really came in you
0: mentioned it on that period over the winter where you're thinking yeah, ahead and going like definitely when that vacuum comes in and just goes like yeah when hurls out the window for a minute it does make you take stock and be like well what's the plan for me and where am I going um, it sounds like you, you've you've got a, a pretty good handle on that. I suppose you mentioned there, sort of maybe wishing you did it six or seven years ago. Like what what age yeah. are you now? Are you, 28. You're twenty eight. Like, because um, that was that was again, it's something similar. I thought of before it was like you know I should have done that. I think everyone sort of always has that thought of why didn't I do this years yeah. ago? But um, like I, I think, I suppose if you had it, probably done it a couple of years ago. I don't know like maybe you wouldn't maybe you wouldn't have it as much no. maybe you wouldn't have even got there because I know when I was in college and I was younger I was like I was an absolute ego like you know, you'd be barely going in you just yeah, and let's go yeah, back yeah. to what we said earlier on like you literally just did the minimum you had just so like you could yeah, play yes. your sport and be yeah. like that's cool yeah. whereas and I, like, I, I don't know if you've started yet or whatever, but like I, I went back and I did a learning experience like later on in life and like like, I actually wanted to go and I was like, like I liked <laughs> it. completely different. Like, complex, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> 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 What's wrong with me? Yeah.
1: You want to go out three or four nights I a mean. week? No, well, that's definitely not.
0: But actually, actually, like, oh my, like, look,
1: I actually enjoy learning.
0: Yeah, like, and me. it actually just flipped that whole... I don't know what it was, because I think, like, particularly in GA circles, I think a lot of, a lot of our younger players think, again like, get into college, get a scholarship, play Hurling, play football, grand, get through it and worry about it a little bit, a little bit down the line. Yeah. Um, and I think... I think, we're, I think lads definitely are becoming a bit more tuned into that space. Yeah. Um, and I suppose they would. that, that would, in a way, it would bring me on to sort of, if it's, if it's within the captaincy role of the team or just being part of a leadership group within the team, our lads, do, do you feel lads are getting more in tune with that? Because again, like I go back, the rally is like, GA is brilliant, like we all love playing it. Um, like it can give you so much. But at the end of the day, come 31, 32, 33, it's... Uh, it's it's not really going to be there anymore at that elite level. And just getting lads tuned in a little bit and, and trying to build moving that forward, is that something that the group yourself or even yourself as a leader in that group takes seriously?
1: Definitely. Um, I suppose the thing to remember here is that, like, all of this kind of professionalism, it didn't happen that long ago. You know, like, I suppose 2007, 2008 was really kind of when the biggest changes started coming. And, you know, there was a lot more emphasis put on S&C and sports science and you know the whole condition of the players and that approach really kind of escalated. Um, so I think what has happened in between is has there's been that period of everyone just focusing on well how can we get the most out of our team and players thinking well, like this is getting this is getting really really competitive like and you just focus like I have to give this 100%. Um, and what has happened I think now is that we've kind of gone through that period of where I think I won't say the bubble has burst but I think that people in the bubble are starting to look outside the bubble and that they're actually seeing, well, we can do this and you can perform at a really top level, but let's not neglect what's outside and like we can try and find a balance. Um, and that is probably where the way we, we've been the your, your typical, sure. typical like situation where we've, we were in that bubble and, now we've realised that, you know, there's, there's more to life in sport. We, we all love sport. And listen, I'm as committed as anyone. And, you know, I think we've shown our levels of commitment. And every GA Only player... I think that's up for discussion. Yeah, like, and every, like I've always... That's the one thing that actually I have would uh, have a kind of like... It kind of eats me a little bit is when people uh, question the commitment of a GA player. So it's like, how can you question the commitment of somebody who voluntarily gives up so much of their time to play something that they love? And that's one thing like I, I just hate about that, you know, that whole perception in the Um but you know, I just think that um the awareness of life off the pitch and life after sport or life after an intercounty career or a club career or you know, just just life in general and that whole journey. Um I think that listen, like you can look at this from a number of angles. I would say that my hurling journey has helped me an awful lot off the pitch as well like I have learned you know how to live by so many values in that true sport I've mm-hmm. learned so much um, but like you know I think you can use both of them they work from each other and like as I mentioned already about that I'm repeating myself but that balance of yeah. off the pitch and on the pitch like it's really hard to find it so important though being aware of it is the first step mm-hmm. and if we could do anything for the next generation that are coming up is to make them aware of The need for balance in your life and listen, absolutely go for it with sport, go for it, whatever, but go for it off the pitch as well and go for it in a career, go for it, you know, and make the most of yourself. Like we have found out that there's been so many exceptional individuals that have been involved in GA that have just went for it off the pitch as well and been really successful, and there's lots of more people like that. Um, And, you know, and it's just can we just create the awareness of that, you know, that there's so much potential among us as a culture just in general like even taking the sports side out of it can we actually just get the most out of ourselves um, and that was that is that's something that it's really I'm really passionate about as well and that's probably why I want to maybe study a little bit more along mm-hmm. psychology of performance and just in life coaching and and helping people ful- fulfill their potential. Like you said obviously it's, it ties in with how people
0: fulfill their Fulfill their potential, excuse me, but I suppose that's probably was that would would that would been one of the things that draw drew you to teaching initially. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I suppose with the with the teaching question, I'm going to follow up it because I think a lot of people again go back to your perceptions, is like they think GA players, right? They're teachers, you know. Summers off, handy job, finish at three o'clock, and let them train. Mm -hmm. But even within that, and within your own life, you obviously chose to get out of that bubble early doors mm. as well and, and you mentioned the autism unit as well mm. for me and I mean, just write to someone that says no I'm not it's just taking the comfort zone here and just going to teach this class and, mm. and check and check in and check out you actually stepped out a bit and went I'm going to try something a little bit different and I'm just curious as to, as to what that was like or even where that rationale to make that decision
1: came from. Um, I had done resource teaching um, which is working with children with special needs and I really enjoyed that and I basically made my decision on that premise like that okay I enjoyed that let's have a go with this and I'm not one to shy away from a challenge, so I kinda of saw it as a little bit of a challenge. I've seen, I've seen some highlights on YouTube as well, I, on the pitch and yeah, off the pitch. <laughs> I just I, I just saw it as something that I thought I could learn an awful yeah. lot from. And and I have and to be honest, just actually reflecting back on when I started realizing about balance and putting life into perspective, that was that was definitely a turning point in my life. Um just realizing the challenges that people go through on a day-to-day basis that we take for granted mm. and I really started having, it changed my outlook on life and on just um, the challenges that are out there for people and the fact that I'm helping some way in a number of children like that they're some way able to accommodate their challenge that they're able to get through a day and um, that's really rewarding and it's definitely kind of just opened up my, my whole outlook on, you know, like Maybe putting myself into other people's shoes and starting to think about other people a bit more, and um, I like going back to the bubble. You know, I think people have a bubble in their own lives as well, where they might think that certain things are a certain way and that everyone sees it the same way. Um, but I've started to learn, and I've learned over the past three years that, you know, like people can look at the same wall and see something completely different. Um, so you know, that was probably what sparked it and and started it off for me that, um. That might kind of change on on my outlook of, okay. of what life was, you know.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting to think cause as you outlined there. I think that sort of, it seems
1: to have ignited
0: a little spark somewhere that was yeah. that was down in you. I suppose I'm just curious a little bit around the sort of the challenges you say that that brings, or maybe challenging your outlook a little bit.
1: And mm. like, what what do you mean by that? Or um, it, it's a lot of it is based around um, social interaction. Mm. Um, someone with ASD struggles an awful lot um, with social skills. And just interacting, basic interaction skills, communication. Um.
0: Just social skills that, for example, me and you would take for granted from being yeah. part of a team or whatever, you you take that for granted.
1: The most, uh, just take the most basic thing about being able to say hello, to greet someone okay. and actually convey their feelings. So if you're asked, how are you? Um, uh, a child or a person with ASD might actually have an awareness of how they feel. So you have to work an awful lot on creating, you know, developing their awareness of themselves and, and how they can, communicate their needs. Um so with some children it's through visual schedules, through visual aids. Um with other kids then it's just verbal. Um some kids need that, you know, actual um interaction to learn something. It's it really is individualized and it's it's just kinda of highlights to you like that, you know, you give an instruction and you think it should be just a basic instruction yeah. <laughs> and then you realise no, that you know they don't understand it and they, they find it a challenge to understand it. So um, it's really kind of it strips everything back for you and you you start working on things that you think should come to everyone naturally you know
0: listening to you talking there like I got I was, I come from a communications background I've, I've been communications manager of say with spunout.ie which is the information website I was part of the communications team in the GA but that that experience that overview that you just, you just outlined there actually to me sounds like an absolute master class in like human communication like yeah um, I suppose just as I was listening to you talking there, like the, the big thing that I was thinking about as you were chatting there is that communication skills and, and how that challenged you. Does that does that make you a better captain for Tip in 2016?
1: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, it probably does actually, yeah. yeah. Um, because what it did, what, like what it did over that time of, of where I was, my first few months in the job, I'll never forget you know when you have when you're going into a job and you're trying to learn as much as you can, but th- it's not until you actually start doing the job yeah. that you really start learning. And that those first few months were just unbelievable. Where I was kind of going like this is just this is life changing, you know, like this mm. I'm seeing things completely different. And um, you're just learning on your feet every day as yeah, well as really opposed to. On your feet. Now, yeah. I was lucky because I had a, um, I had a teacher in the school that was after, there was a unit already in the school. Okay. So I was able to base my structures and my methods a lot on what she had done. And that was what, I, she was brilliant to help me out. And I did a lot of courses like before starting, but there's only a certain amount you can learn in courses. It's, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's only information. Um, but uh, yeah, like I probably think, oh, I mentioned about putting yourself in other people's shoes and trying to, to see what they're seeing. And do you know, like it's it definitely is something I would have tried to use as as captain of the team, like just what works for me doesn't work for everyone else and just trying of maybe approaches in terms of um trying to trying to meet the needs of certain players or so, you know, it might be some lad that's having you know that's struggling with studies or you know in the middle of exams, and yeah. you don't think about these things maybe naturally like you're because you're so focused on yourself, but as captain, that's one of the responsibilities that you have to realize like that there's lads going through a lot off the pitch here and um without without having a negative impact on your own performance, you need to be able to just be aware of that and mm-hmm. even make other players aware of that and speak openly to the group saying like you know like we're all here to help each other and um you know, like that, you know, that there's somebody there at the end of a phone call if you want to talk to someone or it's, it's something that I don't think maybe we're open enough about in the GA. Um, it's again, that whole kind of culture or, you know, maybe it is a little bit of a negative that exists in the yeah. GA where lads don't feel comfortable being open with each other. It's definitely like, it's, it's definitely
0: a self-awareness piece first and foremost. And I, I think that sort of naturally transforms into a awareness of others because like, one of the things, like, I used to drive I used to do my nuts in like when you're involved in different teams like we've all heard the line before where someone says oh Alan doesn't have the hunger anymore or Brendan yeah, doesn't yeah, have the hunger yeah, anymore don't yeah. the classic oh, like oh, you know just doesn't, doesn't yeah. have just doesn't it anymore doesn't want it enough yeah. rather than just thinking well like is there something going on in, yeah. in that person's life that's actually you know affecting them or what, what if they are here or sometimes why they're not here um, it's just it was something that always um, it, it always it always sort of grinds gear I mean it Got me thinking around sort of leadership, I suppose, from a top level, and when in GA, and I think the GA naturally does produce an awful lot of good leaders, and like in any field of life, there's also ones that yeah. end up in roles that maybe it's not the right the right fit for them. Yeah. I suppose from my own experience, both on the field and off the field, I was just curious to have a, a bit of a conversation around leadership and just
1: what your even at a top level, what your perception of of what a good leader is. Um, well like I suppose what I tried to do and I learned an awful lot from both previous captains um, managers selectors all the people that were there to assist I tried to take in as much information as possible to try and a- adapt you know because like I wasn't a ready made captain you know and
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you I don't think you're born as a leader you know, sure, I was going to ask you that. how
0: much in terms of captaincy or leadership because it's, it's sort of the same thing like but how much of it is,
1: is natural and how much of it is learned? I would say the natural bit in a leader is the bit that maybe makes them want to learn that makes them a better leader, if that oh, makes yeah. sense. Like, so you have natural people that want to learn and want to get the best out of themselves and want to want to lead. Sure. So I think that there is that natural sense in it, but... And do you think you have that? Like I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually like, was
0: reading last night and... I think Liam Sheedy in an interview mentioned about a speech you gave after a minor a defeat, in one of the minor yeah, games. Did I you use the monster final?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember. Yeah. that <laughs> that's
0: but that's the natural bit where it's just like this is in me and it just comes out. And yeah, you're not afraid to sort of articulate way.
1: it. Yeah, um, but I think there is there is leadership in other people that maybe they don't tap into, or you know, like I definitely think leaders can be developed as well, and good leaders need to be sure. developed. So, you know, like or what you perceive as a good leader can always develop, and. Just, I, I don't know, I, like, I just try to be myself as much as possible because as you said, like, um, like I mean, we spoke um, before about, you know, like you're very quick, it's very easy to see a lad that's not being himself or being trying to be someone he's not. So that was the one thing I said to myself, I'm not going to try and change. Um, I'm obviously, after being given the role because of the way I was naturally in the dressing room, the way I'm naturally in the pitch, so don't change yourself, just be authentic. And, you know, just try and build up trust um, I place a lot of trust in my teammates and I'm just looking for that in return and I try to do that by just being myself and being honest and having a, a good positive attitude where I wanted to speak more of my actions. I do do a lot of talking as well mm-hmm. naturally uh, that's just me Um, but I was very conscious that you know if I'm talking about giving effort and if I'm talking about giving 100% well then I have to be giving 100% every time I go out there. So I can't be saying one thing and doing another. So, sure. um, that was kind of the approach I took um, when John, while while I was there.
0: Yeah, I think like in one way, sports sport definitely helps us learn quickly in that regard because you very quickly find out what works and what doesn't because yeah, yeah. Like, you know there's a result and like yeah. that speech was crap and like, or if it's if it's off the field stuff as well or if meetings aren't running properly, like sport really highlights cracks very quickly if things oh, yeah, aren't going yeah. well. But um, in terms of if it's leadership skills from from being involved with with Tipperary or with the club at home, um, how that sort of how that translates off the field, I suppose, or, and I think you touched upon it before that it, that it has helped.
1: Yeah, um, I would say you know what I've tried to tap into is like you know just realizing look you give so much effort you try so hard every time you go out on the pitch and um, you always you're always committed and you're, you've a good attitude like. Let's apply that to everyday life, and let's apply it to any task. Or
0: how not. long? How long do you think you're doing that? Because don't you, know you talk about earlier on around the sort of just being been at sport and sort of everything else was just a yeah. knock on. How long do you think you're chipping away at the at giving other aspects of your life that focus or that energy?
1: Honestly, probably only in the past three to four years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say my first few years in teaching, I wasn't, I wasn't engaged. Mm. I wasn't. It was just a means. It was. It was a way of earning a few quid, and all I was thinking about was hurling. Do you know, that's just being honest about it. And um, I hope there's not going to be principals this. this <laughs> he was in my school, <laughs> uh, but that's just being honest. Like I, I'd like to yeah. think I'm, I'm a, a decent teacher, like that. I'm good at my job, but, um, do you know, like I would definitely say that I wasn't getting the best out of myself in those mm. first few years, and it was because I was in that bubble, and I was just all I cared about was hurling. You know, and. Wins training when's the next session and um, it's a it's it's a bad place to be in because you know you neglect so much and but I'd like to think in the last definitely last three years especially the, the working in the ASD unit has has definitely changed me um, in a positive way sure sounds, and, sounds like it and um, but I'd like to think that before that I think before that I had maybe changed and that is probably why I made that decision you know so um, I'd like to think the last three, four years that I've really been been kind of in that zone.
0: It's um, I suppose the last question that I have, on, particularly on the leadership aspect. Um, like I think from a from from a pretty young age, you were probably earmarked as someone who was a leader in a group. If it's captain the miners, or if it was, if this has been selected with if it's Tipperary, has has leadership ever felt like a burden in any way? And just like. There's, there's obviously there's a lot of pros to it, but there's also I'd imagine some cons. It just, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? There is, like, there is, yeah,
1: um, like I, I'd say I, I as I said about trying to learn from mm. from previous captains, that like there there was lads that um, kind of highlighted those little things that can 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 get to you, mm-hmm. and it's stuff around like you know getting texts from lads saying what's the story with the gear do you know all this usual crack that goes on you're like well I don't know what are you text me like and it's just when they, when you're captain they think you know everything like uh what time we're we training on Sunday I don't know I haven't a clue like we have yeah. so it's, you know, all of those things used to like piss me off a little yeah. bit but then you just learn to like kind of just you know let it over the head a little bit and, <laughs> and have a bit of crack with it then sometimes as well and but, like, definitely, yeah, that was something that that because I was prepared for, it, I suppose it didn't it didn't get to me as much, but I definitely was kind of going, yeah, that is that is, that's annoying, like yeah, know, just little things the like, one, that's the one thing like I don't miss now, but, yeah, um do you know, like it obviously it really enjoyed my time as captain, um I was really lucky to get three years mm-hmm. and you know, really grateful to the people who chose me and kept me on in that role and um, but, like you know, it was the one thing I was saying to porik like when pori took over, I was like. I'm not going to miss the text messages and all of that about different things. And Have you texted yeah. him and I about the gear? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Like> every night. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but look, there is, there is, and I suppose it is just about the way you perceive it and, mm-hmm. and like, do you take it as a burden or do you kind of take it for what it is? Because at the end of the day, stuff like that is not important to the overall picture of what are we trying to do here? You're trying to be the best that you can be in terms of, like as an individual and then as a team, and all of that kind of stuff doesn't really matter. What matters is the bond that you have with your group, mm-hmm. the unity you create, the enjoyment you get out of it, and the experience of it. I think in GA anyway, the the, the captaincy role sometimes gets a
0: bit. I don't know if as a culture, or as as a sport, we have a full sort of understand necessarily of 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 what it is at times, um, or sometimes I think we play it down a little bit. The importance of a good captain. Yeah. It's something like, it's definitely a, I've thought about it over the years because you know you hear the you hear the stereotypical Asher, it doesn't matter who's captain, like we be fifteen leaders out in the field and I fully you know I accept that and I think it's really important to have leaders all over the field, but for me, the relationship between the captain and the manager sort of facilitates the growth of that culture. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's but I don't think one sure. happens without the other first yeah. of all. And I don't know, I suppose what I was what I was thinking or just what I was, what I was wondering about was sort of what is the role in your opinion of, of the modern GA captain as such? Like it's.
1: Yeah. I would, I think you nailed it there where you said the, the relationship between kind of manager to captain to vice captain to Mm. kind of that maybe leadership Leadership group that exists um, to the, to the rest of the players and the rest of the group, that kind of link and that, um, that chain is really important. And it works both ways. So it is a a change. It's like the chain of a bike. Like it's not, it's not top to bottom or bottom to top. It is just like, it is a chain and it's a constant, like the way we try to use it is, is a constant link of communication where, um, we're challenging each other. We're giving feedback to management on different things. They're giving feedback to us. And it's a constant communication where we're, we're getting the best out of this group and we're getting the best out of this setup. And, uh, do you know? Like it's, it's. I think the, the the modern captain is the is the guy who is a good communicator, but also sets a good example mm-hmm. because he's looked up to even if he doesn't think he is. Yeah. And that was something I probably didn't realise like that. I was that guy who, and I still probably said it up until <laughs> the end of, uh, of last year where I was saying like it's only a role. you know? Yeah. But you are. I suppose you do have to be a particular way to be in that role and. It's not for everyone, do you know, and people people take it as a burden. And um, but like I really enjoyed it, I embraced it, and I, I I'd like to think that it was naturally a, a good fit for me, do you know.
0: Yeah, cause I don't know like you can say, you know, oh, it's just a role. Um, but but one of the things that came to mind, like particularly for the likes of yourself, like if you Tipperary, know, if it's Tipperary hurling or Dublin football, real sort of like in a way, like what smart about, it, like they're sort of like these little franchises in their own in their own right. And as captain of a team, whether you like it or not, you sort of naturally become a certain face yeah, of that. Yeah. And It was one of the things I sort of, I noticed when we were away and we, we were both in New York in October that time, yeah. we crossed paths and you, you'd lean McCarthy character with you and different things. It was a re, a re, I really noticed it around that night where I was like, you know, like, it's nearly over there. I'd, I'd say that was a very, <laughs> a very different day-to-day experience than, than Brendan at home, like, oh, yeah. do you know, because you are, like, you're a face and yeah. a, you're a recognised, like, people are looking at you and probably expecting one thing whatever Um, and it was just something that I suppose I I thought about it quite a bit like um, because it jumped out at me for that trip and I suppose winning the All-Ireland takes you to a different level.
1: Yeah yeah it does but like I suppose it goes back to like you know people maybe can get caught up in having to behave a certain way or be a certain way in situations like that. Yeah. But I think people appreciate when you're yourself like nah, no so much, if, okay. if you're you know, if you're a goofy character, you should be that character and people will appreciate it's that authenticity, yeah. like like so people will read into you if you're trying to be something that you're not, people see it straight away and then they just kinda they you know, that's where you lose trust. Yeah. Um so I just like I just try to be myself in situations like that and just enjoy it like and, you know, have the crack like. And I really enjoyed that trip, like it was brilliant. 100%, yeah. And you know, and, and learned to learned a lot from it, you know, and met a lot of great people, yourself included. Yeah. So I mean I just I don't know, like I suppose it it, it is it you have to think of it, I kinda just see it as as just look, just be yourself like. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of my approach. Um and if people don't like you for it, then that's fair enough. That's their yeah. choice. And that's another thing you have to accept, that yeah. you're not gonna please everyone. And Um, that was probably one flaw I had in definitely my first year I was trying to please everyone and make sure that everyone was happy and that's it's not how the world works it's not how it works and (laughs) you just stop caring a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) then I know you don't but like um, you just learn you just learn as you go that's what we said about the same as the job you learn on your feet and uh, I definitely was not by any way Shape or form, the perfect captain. But I'd like to think that I did myself justice in my time there, and that I was myself. That's that's the big thing yeah. for me.
0: Is there any major difference between winning the All Ireland as, as a player on the team and being the captain? Like, in, I obviously yeah. there are quite a few years apart as well. Like, but is there? Does
1: it feel different, or is there a different vibe to it in a way? Yeah, um, that's another thing. Like that, I remember after the All Ireland, like and. Do you know all the boys were jumping around the dress room and I was talking to Marty outside like because do you know you had it's just there's certain <laughs> At least news. I wasn't the fella that dragged out. Yeah, to do it. <laughs> um, but little things like that you know where you yeah, whereas, and that was probably my own fault as much as that and where I probably just should have said you know what like just give me 5 minutes Yeah. Be um, but that was that's maybe going back to my trying to please everyone. Mm. Um I tried to please everyone that day and um I probably just should have t- taken a few minutes for myself to be in and just embrace it with the lads. And that was one thing that that kind of annoyed me afterwards. Thinking back on it, sure. And just missed those couple of minutes. I missed that that first few minutes. Get, you know, when you go back into the yeah. dressing room, I missed that first two minutes, and uh, that was the one negative out of did First world <of> problems. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, just little things like that, and that, mm. that is different, I suppose, when you're a captain than when sure. you're when you're a player. Um, but in saying that, like, I mean. We had an amazing few days afterwards, like where just the, the reception we got and the crack we had together was just, you know, it was unbelievable.
0: I think you, you you've touched upon it there in terms of sport taking over the captaincy role. Don't me wrong, it's obviously I've I've absolutely no doubt you're still a very very prominent figure in the dressing room, a good leader. I think I don't think you'd be the type of lad that needs a captaincy role for I think leadership and communication just oozes off you, and, and those sort of traits that I certainly would would appreciate or associate, I should say, with a good leader. The, the thing I'm thinking about here is actually to, to step away from the role, first and foremost, what was that conversation like to, to have? And then the second thing, is it liberating to be back just playing and, and, and not having to deal with some stuff that you talked about?
1: Yeah, yeah, I have to be honest here now and just say it is like. And, really? Um, just, that's probably just after the last couple of months mm. now where I've been back playing and just been back in it before we got back and i was asked that question i probably said ah, no, sure, it won't be any different but like it is just realistically it is and um i suppose to go back to when the change was made i was expecting it and if it was my call i would have made i would have made the call why,
0: why were you expecting it just cause I suppose everyone because everyone always say the thing like you know what, don't try and fix something that's not broken you're after captain team tomorrow and
1: i just think it was it was a it was the right time mm. um and it was always, you know, well, in my head it was always going to be Porick. Yeah. Um he was the, he was vice captain while I was captain yeah. and he was just the perfect fit. And there was a couple of things that that really I was surprised to get it for the third year, right? So okay. um and then I started thinking like, right, look, I've had a long enough chance at it. Now we've won the All Ireland, so I've yeah. I've fulfilled that kind of dream of of lifting Lee McCarthy. It's time to give someone else an opportunity. But it's also time for the, the team to develop. So I saw it as a change yeah, for yeah, development. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that we're 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 moving on here. Like, um, so we're not going to be the same as we were last sure. year. We want let's move on and let's let's change it, but change it for the right reasons. And I don't think like you know it wasn't just changed for the sake of change. Mm-hmm. It was re- it was really like it was the right it was the right decision. Oh, it sounds like it. And. Yeah. Um, like it is, yeah. I, I definitely feel a little bit liberated like that. I'm not, I'm not dealing with those little things and going to those, you know, doing the the little probably little roles you have as captain. And uh, I have to say, like it's 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 easy probably for me to say it having having lifted the mm-hmm. the main character carty last year. It's easy for me to say, yeah, like I'm really enjoying it now. Yeah. But I am, and it is liberating that you know I'm really enjoying my hurling now as much as I ever had. And I'm just you know, I just really looking forward to just keeping playing and just enjoying the whole thing and um it's easy to say it after winning last year, but it's um it's it's definitely uh just I won't say change my approach, but I feel I feel as if I'm enjoying it more now than I ever did. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's that's incredibly must be an incredibly good thing to be able to say um, it is yeah, and it's it's like it might come across maybe a little bit the wrong way in here but like no not at uh, all right. it's, it is it is just the way I genuinely feel like that it's a combination of you know that whole like seeing your perspective of, of life off the field and your sure. career off the pitch it's a combination of all those things but then I suppose having the change of, of getting been, you know changing from that leadership role to now being a player, still want to lead and still want to help in any way I can, but just, you know, just like, really like, just enjoying it. Like yeah, going.
0: and being, in a, like, being a little bit selfish probably the way you're actually, just like, I want to, I want, yeah. I want to play well and just yeah. en- and enjoy this for what it is. And don't get me wrong, you're obviously still impacting on the wider group and that and but actually just going like, I really just want to enjoy this game today well, and, look, and, if and it, express myself.
1: Yeah, and that's just being 100% honest About it, that was probably the one thing that went against me over like my career to date is my like versatility. Yeah. And managers have, I'm going to say abused that, but it's (laughs) the wrong way of saying it. But like, you've you've taken one for the team at times. Yeah, taken one for the team and like getting selfish about it. Like I want to express myself as much as possible. And um, where is your
0: spot? Where's your vision for you?
1: Oh, midfield. Like, look, that's where I was all last year, and um, really enjoyed my hurling last year, and. You know, there was like I, I had specific roles and specific games in terms of man marking and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which has to be done. Yeah, and most... I have no problem doing that. But um at the moment, like I'm just really enjoying playing as a midfielder yes. and just expressing myself and um realising, yeah, this is the way you are and this is when you are at your best. And probably I'm trying to play to those strengths yeah. a little bit more now. Um so that's when you when that's a perfect example of using what you learn off the pitch Brilliant. on the pitch. You know?
0: I think uh, I I that, that that conversation with that transition of of the leadership group I think is really interesting. On one hand, I'm not one to start conspiracy theories, but I'm glad that, that that it was all above board because I read that you uh are I was told that maybe it was because you forgot to congratulate Mick Ryan in his speech <laughs> after the <laughs> Oh, <episode. laughs> no, stop.
1: Yeah, he's still, he, he's still, uh, he still <laughs> takes piss of me over that.
0: No, but, I'm uh, only joking on that front. I didn't actually realise that. Someone said it to me earlier on. did wrong. leadership. Did Because I, I thought of
1: it. That's a good one now. I, uh, I said it afterwards. Like I had a, a, you know, like a bullet point written <laughs> out. First one, Mick and manager, right? Yeah. Had it written down. I go back to that. I go back to that. So, literally had the microphone left down. And I went, I went about moving on, and I thought of it, and I was like, I can't go back and see it. No, can I, and I just, I had to make a decision there and then, and I made the wrong decision. <laughs> and I w- literally straight away walked down the steps. I presume the lads right gave straight, you a ribbon for that. I went they? straight to him, like if you yeah. actually look back on that, I went straight down the steps, like I'm not forgetting you. And they went, what did you? Like they, genuine they were so yeah. open it.
0: But uh, I'll give you an absolute ribbon, I'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
0: last thing that I just want to finish up on, Brendan, is. I pulled out. I pulled out two pictures from from the sports file archive. One will give you a laugh, and a two is just a. I think it's a nice. It's a nice question to to close out on. But as you'll see, there's oh, these two boys yeah. here. That's obviously you lifting the minor all Ireland back in 2007, um, and that that's that's just last year gone by. I suppose.
1: I wa- I'm, I'm not that big now, but my God, I was some weed. Was I it? was going to say, what's,
0: what's the biggest difference
1: in your life other than your arms? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, no, I suppose what I'm getting at is, and when, when I actually listened back to, to the speech after the final last year, and I, I think you opened up with, uh, we're waiting a long six years, but we're back.
1: Yeah. And I
0: suppose the, the question that I'm going to close out on is the learnings you, you've taken about as an individual and maybe the team is taking between between those two moments of how you build going forward and to make sure that it's not another six-year speech down the line and that challenge for you both as an individual and as a group and what's sort of in your mind for for that immediate future and the long-term future? And I'll, I'll close out with that question.
1: Um, tough question, Alan. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I didn't spend half an hour on Photoshop just for a wishy-washy yeah. question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd say... Um, something that's that's important for us is uh continuity Mm -hmm. and developing like and whether you know it's not an excuse but we didn't have that natural progression after 2010 we had a change of management and it just interrupted the the continuity from 2010 to 2011 and and what followed then was um players not buying into it and not giving enough um what we want to do this time, obviously, is we want to move forward, and we just we realise we do have a talented group, and there is talent there in Tipperary at the moment, and we just want to make sure that when we finish up, whenever we finish up handing over that jersey, it's a bit of a cliche, and I know the All Blacks have spoken yeah. about it, leaving the jersey in a better place. I'm not going to say we want to leave the be- jersey in a better place, but for us, we want to look back in our careers and say that we made the most of our time, and that we don't have any regrets we have regrets up to now, but we're seeing this as a new chapter mm-hmm. and we want to create a new chapter um, in our book, I suppose, in terms of like our story. Um, like it's, it's for me, it's just about when I retire, I want to be able to look back and say, do you know what? Like I really enjoyed my time and I gave it everything.
0: Well, I think that's the perfect note to end on, Brendan, over the course of, of, of the interview. I think your, your passion for Tipperary Hurling first and foremost just ooze is true and some of the things that I wanted to touch upon this podcast and over different episodes as well as was around that leadership piece and one of the things I'm so passionate about and it's sort of where the whole philosophy and meaning of Real Talks comes from is it's around helping people to be their personal best, and I think you covered that across in so many different ways over, over the course of the conversation be it on the field, off the field, in work and personal life, self awareness, awareness of others, communication, resilience, <laughs> leadership. <laughs> we that, we? It was, um, <laughs> No, I just I just finish up by just thanking you sincerely for your time for for that conversation that just ha- that that we've just had. I feel really privileged to have got to chat through that and and to, and to touch on upon those different things. I think there's a huge amount of learning in there, and I've absolutely no doubt anyone that's that's listened to this over over, over the course of the course last hour. Or so take an awful lot away from it um, and again I just want to thank you for your time and, and wish you put yourself and the team the best luck for the season going forward um, and hopefully we can touch in and check in down the line and, and best luck with the studies and everything off the field as well and we'll touch base alright thank you me. very Pleasure. much Pleasure. so that's it for another week and thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Real Talks podcast if you enjoyed the conversation with Brendan make sure you find us on iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher by searching for Real Talks and subscribe to the show. There you can find last week's episode with Dublin's four-time All-Ireland winner Kevin MacMenneman, a show which brought us up to number three in the iTunes podcast charts ahead of huge productions like Serial. Don't forget, we'll be back next week with another memorable episode to help you see how GA players are far more than just footballers or hurlers. Finally, thanks again to our sponsors, Kelly Bradshaw Dalton, who for over 20 years have been successfully selling, renting and managing property in the Greater Dublin area. We are able to bring these podcasts to you to listen to for free, thanks to their generous support and belief in the Real Talks way. Check them out at kbd.ie. That's kbd.ie. Real Talks connecting people through meaningful conversations.